Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. You guys, thank you so much for being here with the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Tonight, I have Drew Graffia coming on the show as a guest. Drew is the host of the Radical Christian Podcast. He also is an actor, a stuntman, and an author. He's employed by Skywatch TV and speaks at conferences all around the country. This episode is going to be one for the records. We get into topics like supernatural encounters that Drew has had on and off throughout his life. We discuss the rebellion and when angels came down and sinned against humankind. Listen, this episode is jam-packed. There's so much more. Just stay tuned and take this ride with me and Drew Graffia. Let's jump right into the episode. It's a pleasure to have you here on the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Walk me in the audience into some of these supernatural encounters you had. How did you start off going down this unique path that you've been on? Well, when I was younger, I had a friend who spoke to me about God. And I just I just always kind of felt like, you know, God is real. But it wasn't until 2010 that I was saved. You know, I thought I was a Christian. But basically growing up, it's just, you know, my family had a past with uh, demonic occurrences. You know, people in my family played with a Ouija board. They would be harassed by demonic stuff. And I grew up in that house, I, I believe, right around when that stuff stopped. You know, I lived with my, my mom's side of my family. and We all lived in a big house together. And um, so I, I would hear these stories. I would see the effects of some of this stuff. And so it just got me kind of fascinated in that. But it wasn't until 2010, like I said, that I got saved. I'm sure people have heard my testimony before, but basically God, God, God was giving me an ultimatum. He was, he was no longer letting me get by not choosing sides. And, you know, I broke my arm. I was working at Medieval Times, a dinner and tournament place where, you know, you sword fight, joust and do all that. So I was an actor and stuntman. But I was I was skating somewhere, and I fell and broke my arm. And I skated for years and n- no real injuries, and except this time I broke my arm and it shattered, and the whole the bone completely shattered in one one spot. So the arm was just hanging, and um, I could not do my job, and I was out of work for a year. So in that year, you know, my whole identity was tied into my job, and it got shattered instantly, and I was left with just me and my sin and God. And so I was struggling for a while with it. You know, I wanted to stay in the world and, you know, things got worse and worse, but basically I heard a still small voice one time. And I, I don't know if this was an angel or the Holy spirit. It, it doesn't really matter. It was, it was from the good side. You know, I heard this voice tell me play bass, just like that, just play bass. And I was, I was like, what? Like I was listening to music at the time and this voice kind of just spoke over that or, or with that. 
So it wasn't my thought. It wasn't anything else I was listening to. But so I had friends that played in, in a band and I was like, hey, um, this is going to sound weird, but I want to join the band. I want to play bass. And like, OK, we're going to this guy's Bible study because he, he might sign us and he he's actually a pastor. So he wants to know that we're all Christian. And I was like, oh, I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. But I wasn't actually a Christian. I wasn't saved. I found that out later. So they, the day before I'm going to go to this Bible study, which I would end up being saved at, the day before I would go. And keep in mind, my hand, I had very low function in my hand. I, I have muscles that still haven't fully developed back to you know the size of the other hand's muscles because I shattered my arm. So playing bass was like the worst possible time to play bass when my right arm was basically not that functional. But anyway, so the night before I go to this thing, I'm, I'm sleeping over at a friend's house and I'm laying in bed and I'm on my side because I have to sleep on my side because of my arm. And then I slowly feel something kind of pulling me to my back, just very subtle. And I was like, I was like, man, what's, what's going on? And it was, it was, it was weird. And so I, but I didn't know what it was. So then I, I, I scooted myself back over and then it started happening again. And I was like, I was kind of like tripped out, like in an interesting, interested way. Like, am I just like half asleep already? Weird. So then I, one more time I fixed myself and it started happening again. And I was like, I'm just going to let it happen. And when I let it happen, this force slammed me on my back and sucked all the air out of my, my body, my, my, my lungs basically. And it was felt like somebody had like a, a wooden board over my whole body and slammed me to the, to the bed. And now the second that happened, I heard a voice from the other side. So key. So I had heard the Holy spirit or an angel speak you know, and it was very soft almost. It was, it was, it wasn't weak. It was just soft and just like play bass. This voice though, this voice was incessant. It was like a, like a bird's pecking, like aggressive, that, that kind of, when you get a picture of a bird pecking a tree incessantly, it's that kind of, the voice was like that. It was like, and it said this, it said, your arm's never going to get a better, going to get better. You're never going to be able to do your job again. Your girlfriend's going to leave you. You should just kill yourself. And it was all in my ear as I'm being pinned to the bed. And I'm like, what? Because because you don't pick, like if nobody's ever had anything like this happen, that's my exact feeling when it happened. I didn't have anything like this happen. I was familiar with some stuff, but I didn't have personal experiences. But then this, this voice just went da -da 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 -da, and said all those things. And I remember I, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was stuck there for a while. And then it finally let me up. And I was at my friend's house and I sat up and I just remember this terror. And then when I felt it leave, I had this thought that I'll never forget. I, I thought to myself, this means everything I've read in the Bible is real. Because I, I saw the dark side and I felt it and I knew I knew it was demonic. Once it stopped, I knew it was demonic. And then I was like, this means everything is real. And it was just this moment of like, the only thing I can compare it to is a weak comparison. But, you know, in the, in the Force Awakens, where like... uh Harrison Ford says the force, Luke Skywalker, all this stuff, it's all real. When he tells Ray, it's a weak movie, but still the, the, the example works. But it was just this moment of everything is real. So then I had to tell my friend what happened. And his mom is not a believer. And it was, embar it was embarrassing. But I was like, I can't not say this. I, I would be going against God if I didn't say this. So I told them and then and then it start from there. A series of demonic things kept happening to me until I learned how to deal with it. You know, you use Jesus name. One time something slammed me on my back and arched my back. 
and it felt like a claw on my chin, just pinning me backwards to the to the bed. And all I could muster was just Jesus, like that, just a, a gasping Jesus's name, and it just stopped right away. And so that kind of cemented the reality of the supernatural realm with me. But from then, I, you know, there was times where I backslid, kept sinning, doing all this stuff. But around maybe like, I want to say five or so years ago, maybe like, I don't know, somewhere around there. I'm not too good with the timeline. Um, I just remember 2010, I got saved. But around, let's say four or five years ago, I, I got really serious with it. I, I, I began to realize, okay, your life is inconsistent with what you what you believe. And you can't keep going on this way. You're not fulfilled in anything you do because you're not doing it God's way. So I got serious with it. And then, you know, I'll, I'll skip over the whole testimony of, of what God did to get me my wife and to move me to Missouri. Because that's a whole other thing. But I've shared that so many times. I want to I give you a, a different perspective, basically something new. But when it came to actually getting into the realm of speaking about this stuff, you know, I was in a really oppressive situation and me and my wife were there and I just felt like I, I need to write a book. I don't know why I need to write something down. And it was originally going to be a fiction book. I had this whole thing planned. I actually mapped out, I think maybe like seven books mapped out a series. My wife helped me, but it was going to be this fiction thing. And then when I started writing it, I just felt God, God directing it a different way. Just, it turned into something completely different. And so I, I talked to my wife and she's like, you know, we're, we're running out of money. You need to get a job. You know, these people aren't paying us. So, you know, what are we going to do? And I was like, I really feel like God wants me to write this book. And this is like a beautiful example of biblical submission because everything was pointing to this being a bad idea. But I felt from God that, that this is what I'm supposed to do. And so my wife was like, well, how long do you need? And I was like, until it's done. And she's like, we can't, we will run out of money. And then I'm like, okay, well, well, like maybe three months. And then she's like, oh, she's like, no, like we don't have enough money to last three months. And I was like, I was like, man, and I was starting to get like, um, not depressed, but kind of bummed out. Like, man, is this even going to happen? And then she's like, how about one month you do this? And then whatever you don't finish in a month, you just finish as you're looking for a job. And I was like, okay, okay. So she asked me, she's like, before we do this do you feel like this is from God? And I was like, yes. And then she's like, the last thing I'll ask you is, do you feel like this is the best thing for our family? And I said, yes. And then I started writing this book as I was still working, you know, without pay, but working eight hour days. And then I finished it on the 31st day, exactly on the 31st day. I finished it, the warrior priest mindset. And so it was a total God thing. And, there, and another reason why I know is because I'm writing a second book now and it is not going quick at all. So if anybody thinks like, oh, Drew's just quick at writing, it's like, no, no, he's not. <laughs> but um, that was a perfect example of submission because she, she did not want to do that. But she saw, okay, I trust my husband. I believe he's being led by God. And even if he's, he may be mistaken, his heart is after God. So I will, I'm going to honor that and go with him. And then God honored that in turn. And then the book sat there though for months. The book just sat there. Nothing happened with it. I learned how to, how to, you know, format the interior of the book. I edited it. I did, um, I just did everything to get it ready. 
And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this YouTube channel to talk about stuff. And maybe eventually I could talk about the book. And that's when I made the Radical Christian channel. And again, it was it was something that, you know, man takes his steps, but the Lord really determines where they go. That, I'm butchering that verse, but you, you know which verse I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But the, the, the channel was just going to be about like, you know, I'm going to talk about stuff about the book. And then the first episode, it just completely went into, no, I'm going to talk about everything I've, I've wondered about in the Bible as a kid, everything that's fascinated me. Because before I was officially saved, I, I still was familiar with some stuff in the Bible. So, you know, I'd hear the story about the Nakash, the, the serpent in Genesis. And I'd just be like, so why is there a snake here? Like, that doesn't make sense. I don't believe this. And then when you study it, you look into it, you realize that's a divine being. And, and you realize you dig into the Hebrew and you could actually uncover that. And that was my first episode. And so the channel just took off in that direction from there. And, you know, at, at one point, Josh Peck messaged me on Facebook. And he's like, hey, man, I have a really interesting opportunity for you. Or he said something to that, to that like, he's like, hey, man, I want to talk to you about, it, about, about maybe joining up together. And I had just gotten out of a situation that wasn't the best. And, I, and the thought of, you know, joining up with somebody else, I was like, man, I don't know. And I was like, I'll just go meet him. So me and my wife prayed about it. We felt peace. And then we went and we, we met with Josh Peck. And he, Josh Peck from Skywatch TV, he is an awesome, godly person. He is such a cool person. He's one of the best friends, you know, I've ever had. So I met him. Then it just came up. He's like, yeah, I wanted to try publishing a book at one point just to see, you know, if I'd be able to. And I was like, well, I wrote a book. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, you have an idea? I was like, no, it's, it's done. It's formatted. It's, it's finished. And he's like, well, dude, let's publish it. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. So as I was there, the first time meeting him, we get a call from this conference. And it was somebody saying, hey, so-and-so canceled from the conference. Do you know anybody you could suggest? And Josh was like, hey, I have this guy with me right now. And I've looked at his channel. He's theologically sound. You know, he has he has great stuff. He loves the Lord. You should try this guy. And so he, I talked to the pastor. His name is Pastor Jeff Farster. He's like, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah. So the first day meeting Josh Peck, my book started to get published. And then I got invited to speak at a conference. And so from there, I ended up working at Skywatch and everything. But that was just how this this strange path that led to me being in this position I'm in. And the thing is, the one thing I would say to anybody who, who cares about this stuff or who, who is wondering what God will have in store for their life is you just be faithful in the little things. Because there was countless hours where I was just toiling away at my episodes and like 12 pages of notes, 14 pages of notes for one episode. And I was just thinking like, if this just helps one person, then it's all worth it. And so I just kept doing it. And there was times when I'm just like, man, this is this is so much time I'm putting into this. And, you know, I don't know if this is really helping people. And then I'd get a comment from somebody. The video would get maybe like, like 50 views. And then eventually like 200 was a big number for me. Um, and then I'd get somebody who said, man, I really needed this. Thank you so much. Or man, this is really cool. I really had these questions. So it just kept me even to this day going on with the channel, moving forward with things. And I never wanted to be a speaker or, or really an author, really anything but you know from from doing each step faithfully it kind of led me into this position and who knows where it'll go next but but it, the main thing i can say to people is be faithful in little things there's a lot of flavor in that testimony 
And you're right. It's critical to be faithful in the little things if we're expecting greater things to come our way. Also, those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Exactly. And when it comes to being led by the Spirit of God, at least for me, sometimes that can be difficult. Because for me, you know, I don't always hear the Spirit clearly. I don't always. And and it's my own thing. It's me being a human. It's me not, not, you know, being as diligent as I need to be. And then it's sometimes just, just how it is. You know, where where I'll get an inkling or I'll get like a, a kind of a, a notion of just like, I feel like I should do this, you know, but and then there's other times where I know like the Holy Spirit, like, you know, I've had times where I'm about to do an interview and, and I and I know that I know that I know the Holy Spirit is going to do something special. And then the Holy Spirit does. That's another thing that people get so, so confused about where it's like, well, I'm not hearing the voice of God. It's like. Yeah, but you're not always going to hear the voice of God. You're not always going to hear an audible thing. You're not always, like I, I, for me personally, there's been maybe uh, around a handful that I could even remember, less than a handful that I could remember where I actually heard something, two of them, the demonic thing, the Holy Spirit thing or angel, whatever it was. And then I heard another time where it was a correction. It wasn't a a, hey, dude, like I call them mountaintop moments where people think their, their Christian walk is going to be a series of God stepping down on top of a mountain and saying, you are destined to do this, this and that. And it's like, no, that some people get that and you may get that at some point, but it's, it's, it's much more about being like him in your everyday life, being like him in, in, in how you treat your spouse. You know, if you're married, you have an opportunity every single day to act like Jesus because you have yeah, you love your neighbor as yourself. Who, who's more your neighbor than the person living with you? You know, another time I, I actually heard something. It was a correction. It was me at medieval times. I was jumping off horses for a living and I was on this horse that was just, he would just bolt. You'd have to jump off him while he was, he was cantering, he was running, but he would bolt and go super fast. And if you tried to hold him back, the second you let go of the reins to jump off the horse, he would bolt even quicker. So now I, I was a Christian, you know, at this point and I, and I had faith and I was like, you know what? God's going to let me do this. God's going to protect me. God's going to, he's got me and he did protect me, but I didn't complete the stunt. The horse was too fast. And I, I just remember being so frustrated. I went up, I went up, um, after I came back from the stunt from my fight and I went up into this area and I was mad. And it was the only time I ever remember being angry at God. Only, only time. Some people are angry at God all the time, but this is the only time I remember being angry at God. I was like, I prayed, I asked you for to do it and you didn't do it. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like going out on faith. You know, I believe, but you didn't do it. Like, why? Like, why? And I was choking up and I was tearing up and I was so frustrated. Um, and then I just hear this voice say, what has he not done for you? And then I just break down crying and, and I, I just, I, I could say nothing else. You know, he, it just says, what has he not done for you? So you think of that and it's like, man, he wrote you this whole Bible. He has his words for you in there. And it's hard to decipher sometimes when you get really down into it, you know, but he, he does speak to us. Now I've had moments where I had those, those little voices and stuff or things like that, but the majority of it is going off his word. So if people are feeling discouraged, like I'm not really hearing the voice of the spirit, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you may not always hear that. You may have to step in faith for seasons. He may be correcting you, but I don't know. I hope that helps somebody. He knows our hearts. And that's like, to me, the details of the relationship. And that is so beautiful. 
because religion is something that I don't know very much about, but relationship, I desire to know, God, move my heart and God, correct me. And I know it hurts, but be patient with me and be my Abba Father. And that's been critical to my walk. And another thing real quick, Drew, when you're hearing those voices, it reminds me of where we hear the word angel in the Bible. It's malak or angelos. Malak is the Hebrew and angelos is the Greek. They're literally angels are messengers and they're sent to serve those who will inherit eternity. Like to wake up even more to the fact that the God of all creation, the Lord who sits on the throne, has a messenger to like help me along this journey. Like here I am at a breaking point. And a voice of just peace and comfort comes through. And I think that that's amazing. Exactly. And that's exactly the way I think of it. The, the, the fascination you just had over it, that's exactly the way I think of it. Because, you know, angels do have free will and they can fall. So what that tells me is they have a story with God as well. They, they're not just these, these uh, emotionless soldiers, these emotionless drones, just like serving God, like, yes, master, yes, master, and then doing their task solemn and serious all the time you know these are these are beings who they can fall they can turn their back on god if they wish to and they have in the past but the way i see them now they are our brothers they're they're a little different than us their properties obviously and their bodies are, are different but what i mean is the mentality of someone who is constantly around god like an angel their mentality is going to be different than ours and this is just me on one what i've gathered you know, this, so the take this as Drew's kind of musings, Drew's opinions. But, you know, I look at them now <clears throat> more as j- just just a, li- a little different than us, but but similar. They're also imagers of God. They're also supposed to do what he's what he would do, but in the heavenly realm. So thinking that he sent he sent one to speak to me and to guide me and to help me, I just picture man, he's being obedient too. He's just another person believing in God, serving God. And, and speaking to me and it's like, man, will I meet this? Will I meet this messenger? Will he speak to me? Be like, man, yeah, you were, you were losing it back there. Like, I'm glad I showed up, you know, or just like, man, I almost didn't show up that day. Like I really didn't, didn't know if I was, you know what I mean? I don't know how that works. You know that they are his heavenly family. They're not just drones. They're his heavenly family and we are his earthly family, different limitations, but they, they are, they're, they're imperfect, you know? And you're 100% right, because angels do have that free will, and there has been fallings. Yeah. I think the Apostle Paul's the one who says, and the angels who disrobed of their former state, you know, we see all these different mentions of angels literally having a free will like we do, like in emotions, and that's crazy to think about. Yes, and it, and it just, man, it gives you something even even more to look forward to. You, know, you, you inherit another family. You inherit these beings who who have a history with God that that goes back before the creation of the, the earth. And I, I want to know their stories. I want to know what what's ha- what happened with them. What was it like when they were made? You know, what did God think when He made them? Was was He? What was it like before them? You know, this is all stuff that'll be great to get into. But like you mentioned, the three rebellions. It's I can go over that real quickly. Yes, please do. What a lot of people don't don't realize is the fix for all of those is there too so you have the first rebellion which is the garden of eden it's genesis 3 and so what happened with that is immortality for humans was lost and then death entered the, the world and then man also lost authority so so man gets kicked out of the divine council he used to walk in the cool of the day with god 
and then you you know they got tricked their immortality was lost you know now now you're gonna have to die one day you know but then what was the fix for that i'll get to the fixes after actually it's it's, it's more it's more exciting that way so then the second rebellion the sons of god take human wives it's genesis 6 so the result from that though is they not only took human wives and, and polluted the human genome but they brought forbidden information so these are the same beings who are called Abkalu by the Mesopotamians, Anunnaki by the Sumerians, you know, and all these other names. So the result was they, they taught knowledge that led humanity into depravity. You could see that in First Enoch. So they came, they polluted the human genome, and they further estranged humanity away from God. So whenever they, they, they rebel, they corrupt humanity. You know, and they brought this knowledge that stays with us, like how to make weapons, how to wage war. Um all these other things, everything that pushes us away from God. And then the third rebellion, the Tower of Babel incident, they wanted to build a false mount of assembly. So basically a place where heaven met earth and the gods could come down and have their mount of assembly like God did on Eden. So they wanted to do that. So what, what the re result from that was, God had to disperse the nations. He dispersed everybody, spread everybody out, and then he put his sons in charge over them. You know, he said, you want to, you want to, you want to go against me? You want to unite together to, to not serve me? Then you won't, you don't have to serve me. You won't. I'll put my sons in charge over you and I'm done with you. So he did that. So now when, so all of these things fractured humanity and pushed them further and further away from God, you know, and these beings, they want to be like God, they, 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 but they also just want to, they, a lot of them, I believe they want to do their own thing. They want to have their own kingdom. They want to have their own followers. They, they, they are bothered that God gets to do that and God alone, you know, but the fix for these things is what's really great. And you see this, 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 uh, behind the scenes kind of, kind of thread that you can uncover. If you dig around, you, it, it's, once you know it, it's obvious to see, but when you look at how these crucial events in Christian history happen, you see what they were for. So, so the first rebellion, the garden of Eden. You know, immortality, lost, death enters the world, man loses authority. The fix was the resurrection of Jesus destroyed the power of death. So the prophecy is given in Genesis 3, you know, or not, yeah, in Genesis 3 about, you know, the the, uh, the coming king will crush the head of the serpent. He'll, he'll bruise his heel, but he'll crush his head. So right there, he told what the fix was. And the fix was, hey, death entered the world, but my resurrection is going to destroy the power of death. You may physically die, but you won't eternally die I'll fix that. Then you go to the second rebellion. You know, oh, depravity into the world. Now everybody, every, everybody just has this deeper knowledge of sin and this deeper wants to do more. And so after Jesus did the resurrection, after he resurrected, he ascended into heaven. After he, stayed, he visited with the apostles, he, he ascended into heaven and left his Holy Spirit behind. So that Holy Spirit helps fight the depravity of the second rebellion. So now you have this Holy Spirit in you. And every believer, whether you are baptized in the Holy Spirit or not, it's in you. He's in you. So that spirit inside you, when you encounter depravity, the Holy Spirit will, will let you know, hey, should you be doing this? Do you, what do you, do you think this is right? You know, I, you, you probably you probably shouldn't do this. Or, hey, I don't, I don't feel so easy. I don't feel easy being in, in this situation. So that fights depravity. Then when you get to the third rebellion, the Tower of Babel, so all these nations are dispersed. They're all serving different gods. You know, Inanna, Ishtar, different incarnations of the same God. The Indians are serving Vishnu, all, all the Indian, the whole Indian pantheon. The Greeks are serving the Greek pantheon. You know, Romans serving Jupiter, Mars. Well, the fix for that was the Great Commission. 
to spread the gospel, to reclaim those nations. So they are, they're all under the influence of these, these corrupted beings who ended up falling, you know, and then he, the great commission is to reclaim that, to get them back under the, under servitude to God, willing servitude. So it's like, this is part of the stuff that you can research and get into. And it, it shows you the character of God, not just showing you things that happen and why they happen, but it shows you, man, he, he went to the heart of these issues and fixed them. And then he made those things like the main themes of the Bible. So people can, even if they don't understand the three rebellions, they still understand the great commission. They still understand the Holy spirit being left behind and they still understand the resurrection. Those three things are taught in churches all over how, whether they're, you know, superficial churches or deep churches, those three things are taught. He, he doesn't necessarily need them to know the reasons why those all happen. You know, the three rebellions, but it's just, you, you see his character and you see this loving God who, who he's undoing the work of these rebellious beings, but he's also letting people decide, you know, he's letting people decide. So that this stuff just fascinates me. Yeah, very fascinating. I agree with everything you said. This stuff definitely gets my wheel spinning. I could go on and on for hours about this stuff with you. This is this is what it's all about. It's all about glorifying God's kingdom. What is your advice for the listeners? What do you think the body of Christ needs to hear at this time? When Jesus summed up the all the commandments, you know, he didn't say make sure your theology is perfectly sound. He didn't say, you know, there's things that you do need to have locked in, like like the identity of God. But he didn't say, make sure your theology is sound. Make sure you expose every single false teacher. You know, and those are good things. Point is, the thing that he stressed more, more than anything is love God. And from that, you see the dangers of idolatry. You see the dangers of sorcery, stuff like that, divination, communicating with other beings. You know, he just says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And Loving your neighbor as yourself is the hardest thing because we're fallen, we're selfish, and we just don't. I, I go around town. I don't interact with anybody most of the time. I just do my thing and I don't do anything. But it's like, but then I go online and I make a presentation and I focus on, you know, what's my, what's my presentation going to be like? What am I going to, what am I going to say, you know, at this conference? But it's like, well, what am I doing in town? What am I doing at home? You know, when my wife needs my help with, with a project, but I'm like, nah, I got to finish my, my presentation first and then I could help you. It's like, well, hold on a minute. What's more important? You know, my wife, my, my relationship that emulates Christ in the church or a presentation I do to talk about stuff like the relationship that emulates Christ in the church. You know, I think, I think all of us, we, we know, oh yeah, love God, love your neighbor. We know all that. And it's, yeah. Like, no, I get it. We need to do that. I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. But is your life in agreement? Are you actually doing that? Are you actually striving to love your neighbor? You know, what do you do with your resources? Do you use all your, your money for yourself? Or do you help people? And if you don't think tithing is for today, does that mean you don't have to help God's kingdom? You know, it, it's, it's what are you doing not to earn anything, but if you're a part of a loving family, with God, if God's your loving father, wouldn't you want to push forward his agendas to push forward the things he wants? If you want to know God's will in your life, like, man, I just really want to know God's will. I, he's not speaking to me. I just really want to know God's will so I can do it. He tells you his will. Love him 
and love your neighbor as yourself. You can't earn anything. Your projects, your, you know, any anything you may be doing, quote unquote, for the kingdom is not as important as loving your neighbor as yourself and loving God. And that's, that's basically all I'd say. That's on my heart a lot lately. Drew Graffia, tell everybody where they can find your channel and anything that you're involved with. Yes. So my book is called The Warrior Priest Mindset. It's about how Christ, you know, displayed traits of a warrior and traits of a priest. And some people think those would contradict, but they actually don't. You know, he showed up as the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, a man of war, Yahweh is a man of war. And then he showed up as the suffering servant in Jesus, the sacrificial lamb. So my book is available at skywatchtvstore.com or amazon.com. It's, it's a really fun read. There's, it's, there's fiction before every chapter in a medieval setting, and then it goes into the chapters. But So you can get my book there. And then, you know, my channel is called The Radical Christian on YouTube. Just the last thing, man, just, just do whatever excites you for the Lord. If you're researching something and you think, man, this, I'm just researching giants, and, and so-and-so tells me that's, that doesn't really, it doesn't really work, doesn't matter for salvation. It's like all scripture is good for studying. And, and if it gets you closer to the Lord, that's serving the first commandment of, of, of Jesus when he said, love God. So that's all. So that's it, everybody. That's the show. If you enjoyed this episode and you found it helpful, encouraging, or just downright cool, share this with a friend. It would help the show a lot. Until next time, God bless America and good night.
so there has to be an explanation. I know many of you don't know my story, and that's okay. I'm just happy that you're here. With the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast, this goes way back in my heart. The seeds were planted a long time ago for me to do what I'm doing today. My goal is to get you to take this journey with me as I look into these strange topics. Supernatural encounters, lights in the skies, listen, the veil is thinning. And the day that we're living in, more and more people are waking up to the fact that there's something more going on here. Once I opened up my Bible and realized I wasted all these years sitting in darkness, you see, the Bible was that light for me. It was the light to my feet. It revealed that every question I ever had could be answered if I would just humble myself, repent of my sins, and come to the Lord. I'm happy that you're here. There has to be an explanation. See, with the Millennial Muscle Seed Podcast, I care about the one. If I don't love just one person and I'm not willing to look like a fool, even if it just helps one, then I don't know why I'm in this. But really, I hope to win you guys over along this journey. And I'm so happy that you're here. You see, we all have a unique testimony and a story to bring to the table. I'm just thankful that you're willing to listen to mine. If you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, in your walk and in your journey, if it contributed to your story, it encouraged you, made you laugh, made you cry, opened up your eyes in some way, I ask you say a prayer for me and my family. And I ask that you share this podcast. God bless America. Always. Thank you.